0: Hey, what's up everyone? Ramsey here with the Pinpoint Players, here with my friend, Tim.
1: Hey there, Pinpoint Players.
0: We're back with another episode. We kind of came up with this one by accident. We were, two of us were discussing just all the games we have on Steam from all the obscure stuff we talked about in the previous episode and just over time. And we realized that a lot of the games that we enjoy playing have either suggestion from word of mouth from one of us or it's just been from the algorithm on YouTube.
1: That's right. It's interesting how games and the way that games are marketed have been influenced with the social media and uh, different forms of communication that people have available uh, for them today. We're talking about, you know, what kind of games we have, where we found them. We got a lot of our games from YouTube. Watching YouTubers play the game, discuss the game, critique the game. There's some sort of in fascinating form of enjoyment to that that was
0: of Very much so, that's the thing. I look at my Steam list right now as we're recording this just for reference, and there are some that I definitely bought because I was excited for the game coming out, and YouTube had nothing to do with it, but there are definitely a lot of games that were influenced from YouTube, and I found out just on talking about this episode, and this was a last-second edition, I found out that this goes all the way back to when I was in college. There was, back when Rock Band and Guitar Hero were at the height of their popularity, I remember watching a YouTuber, two of them actually, one was his drummer named Azurite Reaction and he put together these really cool edited using Adobe After Effects uh, rock band videos where he has the drum in one lane, it shows a shot of him playing the notes in the other lane so that way you can see him hitting it as he's hitting it on the TV, it looks cool and the other one, similar format was a guy named Guitar Hero Phenomeny he did the same thing but with the guitar and he was fantastic he was getting full combos of every song, the hardest ones, through the fire and flames he made it look easy and that's when it really dawned on me that it started all the way back then, I saw, I was introduced to Rock Band back in college from one of our college friends, Bennett. Shout yeah. out to Bennett. Shout out to Bennett. We were roommates together, and in his dorm, he brought Rock Band with him, and we would play that. And as soon as I got home for the summer, I had to get myself a copy of the game and the drum set and everything, and I did. Definitely, he was the biggest influence, but seeing it on YouTube was definitely a little influence in its own right because it's like, oh my God, look at all this downloadable content, all these songs you could play yeah, I gotta go get this myself. Like that was the extra driving force to do it. So I realized with me, it started all the way back in 2008. It's kind of crazy. Yeah,
1: I mean, I remember doing a lot of that with you too. Uh, During the summer, uh, we watched a ton of videos trying to perfect our ability at playing rock band. I also remember that time that we had, we found a YouTube clip of somebody who timed the gap in between a guitar solo where they went to a quickie mart and they bought a soda they came back and they jumped right back into the song
0: i remember the vi- i remember the youtuber you rem- do you remember you 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 really do, do you do no, no i remember because i was thinking about this maybe a month or two ago this one youtuber <laughs> i don't think he makes any videos anymore if he has it's been years his name is bill tv show and he had the top score in all of the and mu- all the songs on rock band for the vocals for a very long time like okay. you see his name for every song He made this one video where in Rock Band they released a live album of ACDC as downloadable content as a separate download, I think. I'm trying to remember how it was released. But anyway, that's not the point. In the middle of that song, there's a very long vocal gap where they play the guitar solo drums. It's maybe like, I want to say three or four minutes, so it's enough time. Go down to like a store, buy something, and come all the way back. It's crazy. So he did that for a song, tried to go somewhere and come back. He failed. then he tried it again maybe a few months later. And he tossed a log off a bridge that was like a few miles drive away. And then he came back and finished the song 100% Five Gold Stars. It was awesome. I don't remember the name of the video, but I'm sure if you type in Bill TV Show ACDC something, I can't remember the song name, you'll find it.
1: Oh, I mean, that just sounds amazing. They were able to 100% gold star a song as well as accomplish throwing a log off of a bridge. I mean if you were to do that in reality it would go viral you know if you were in the middle of a show and your vocalist was just like hang on guys and they left the stage grabbed a log crossed the street threw it off came back around was like all right i'm back and they nailed the song like
0: that kind of absurdist humor that you see on uh, youtube now that's the kind of stuff that maybe if he made that video these days it would have gotten a few hundred thousand views because i think back then it only got even in its heyday only 10 or twenty thousand tops i've always wanted to play and go back but i mean I i've tried. still got my set but it's tough because you know you live in an apartment people below you it's it's tough setting up all the equipment you don't have enough room well one day one day if we have a place that's large enough we'll see
1: yeah once we open our uh pin
0: part players podcast studio we'll just have a room gotta dream big we can do it oh yeah But a more recent example, though, because that was the very first time for me. um, A more recent example, though, is that I can think of. There there have been countless and I'm sure I can't think of, but one where I can think of another earlier one is when they released Star Wars Battlefront, maybe about three, four years back, the first one. And... I was watching these guys on YouTube, they're called Let's Play, they're from Achievement Hunter, uh, Rooster Teeth. Rooster Teeth goes all the way back to the uh, early to mid-2000s when they made Red vs. Blue. Those guys did a sponsored video by for Star Wars Battlefront. They were promoting these headphones that were Star Wars headphones. I mean, they look kind of cool, but to me they look like headphones. But they were playing Star Wars Battlefront, and yeah, they were pointing out the headphones every now and then, which was kind of a little bit jarring, but didn't matter. The gameplay looked fun, it looked cool, and it got my intention to like, hey, this game looks kind of fun. It, you know, I figure I'd give it a shot. And from that, I mean, and I think from other people's suggestions, I ended up buying it and playing it. And it was fun. The multiplayer was good. Didn't have any single player. I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. And then after a month or two of it, went on to the next thing.
1: So, I mean, it seems like it worked. Um, they were to an sponsored, extent, yeah. Yeah, they, they were sponsored by, I assume,
0: LucasArts. or uh, right, no, I don't think it was LucasArts, but I think it was... Oh, Turtle Beach! It was Turtle Beach.
1: Oh, Turtle Beach! City. Turtle Beach of the sponsor,
0: and it was a okay. Star Wars style headset, and they were playing Star Wars Battlefront because why not?
1: It's unfortunate that video games, sort of like that, when they're marketed like that, they kind of had a sort of small flair, and it's like, hey, great, yeah, we had a you know we had a fun time, but now the next big thing needs to happen. But I'm sure there's yeah a hardcore Battlefront Two community. We're still fighting the Empire to this day, or the Rebels, whoever side you pick.
0: Depending on which side you do. I mean, like I said, I played the first game, and this isn't meant to be a review of the first game, but it's, I mean, it was fine for what it was, but point was, these guys on YouTube playing it, they looked like they had a blast as a group of friends playing it, so I figured, hey, maybe it could be fun. And Well, actually, let me ask, um, what was your first real big thing that you noticed as far as a video game YouTuber? Like, what was your first instance where it's like, this was the first game where you sort of more or less remember like, hey, I saw this on YouTube, maybe I should get this on Steam, or whatever.
1: So, yeah, there's, uh, there's a couple of games that I would I wanted to play, but I knew that I couldn't have. Uh, one of them, for a while, was Seven Days to Die. That's when great we game. started playing, Yeah. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar with Seven Days to Die, it's a survival craft video game on Steam, and uh, I think it's on platform, but hasn't been great review from what I've heard, but yeah, it's a zombie-themed survival craft game, so the premise is essentially you can set uh, a zombie horde to show up either. Essentially, you're preparing your character to uh, fight this horde and uh, survive as long as you can. And I thought it was a pretty fun premise, and there was a YouTuber by the name of Glock9, Glock9 Productions. He did a whole bunch of YouTube series based off of uh, trying to just survive in the game. Seven days to die, and he ends his series when his character dies. He's done, I think, four or five different series where he's played through, uh, changing the settings each time. Right now, he's currently on a series called Nightmare, which has reached its twenty-seventh episode. He's gone through three hordes. Did not has not died yet. <clears throat> it was really interesting in the fact that it taught me how to play the game better. I, un- I understood the basic premise and the concept, but Glock Nine has a really strict schedule he likes to keep, which reminded me of going to work. It was Im- it was uh, cathartic in that sense that he starts his videos by saying, "Okay, we've got uh, some you know levels. Let's level up our character. You know, we're focusing on this area, but we want to start smelting metal because we want to start you know getting bullets and gunpowder in the chemistry set. Let's go out. We are gonna you know do some." points of interest that we want to loot. It's also trader day, so we want to hit up all four traders, see if they have good stuff. And it really helped you say to yourself, well, it's not as overwhelming as I once thought. You know, this person who does pretty well at the game just seems to know
0: where to go, what to do,
1: what to find, how to craft it. It was educational in that sense, which was reassuring.
0: Oh, yeah. Much definitely, I mean, I had the somewhat opposite experience with 7 Days. Not that it was bad or anything, but I found it through these same guys. These, the Achievement Hunter, specifically their channel called Let's Play on YouTube, where they played it way back, like five, six years ago. So when it was in Alpha, I think 12 or 13, so way far back for those familiar with the game. The gameplay was maybe, I think, four or five videos where they're just going through the first seven days. And then when they get to seventh day, they're all thinking like, hey, let's all huddle together in the house. And they just get swarmed by zombies because they think... And I think I remember thinking this too when I first played it, that, oh, you can kind of just wait them out if you're just quiet. They'll just kind of go on by like something like in Walking Dead. But it doesn't happen at all. And it was hysterical because the house they were in, the zombies were... Downstairs, they were upstairs. And they end up actually collapsing the place below them, and ended up collapsing on top of them, and they all—oh no—they <laughs> all ended up dying. I think in the oh videos. Jesus,
1: that's a terrible <laughs> way to go in that game.
0: And that's and that's how it ended. At least that's how that series ended, and it was hysterical. And well, the point is, I saw those parts, and I'm just thinking, oh, I got to play that. But that was back in the day when I still had an old Mac. I didn't have a desktop PC, so I had no way of playing it because it wasn't on any of the platforms. And so I was thinking in my head, oh one day. One day I'd love to play that. Similar to you, so I wasn't able to play it for a while, but then one day just got lucky and was able to play it. And it's because of those videos that ultimately inspired me to want to go get it and play it. And, and that channel's done that with other videos. They did that with, um, for me, they did that with the old Rainbow Six Vegas game. That game was released in the mid-2000s, but they did let's plays of it. And I saw it play it and I was just like, oh my god, I have to go play this. This looks hysterical when you play this on multiplayer. Play it with Andrew, played it with Greg. Um, I think I even played it with a little bit, of Bobby. It was fun as hell. Same thing. It's a lot of dime because the controls in that game are all over the place. They make yeah. Com- compared to compared to modern shooters, the controls are. I mean, what you think throws a grenade, what you think aims is not at all what you think it is. But it's very fun once you get the hang of it. That in turn influenced me to you know continue watching their videos, and then eventually they were doing a promotional video for Rainbow Six Siege, and they put a disclaimer at the beginning saying that you know it's sponsored by this and. You know, I went in with that knowledge, and I saw it, and I'm like, hey, Rainbow Six Siege, this looks actually like a very fun game. It was just coming out recently, and I ended up getting that for myself to play. In. And it's like, yeah, I sort of, in a sense, knowingly fell for the bait, but who cares, because I played the game, I found it fun, and I don't regret that. That's easily two more examples where direct sales were, you know, thanks to them, seeing them, and me just having the most fun with it. And one other one I want to kind of call attention to for, for the time of being, fault still fresh in my mind is yeah. Death by Daylight that one game where one of you guys is uh, the hunter, like a Jason, or some other slasher type dude, and you gotta kill these like four teenagers throughout, the, sprinkled throughout the level, and everybody else is trying to escape, but you have to kill them all before they can escape to win the game. Really fun, it's on Steam, and we should actually play that, because I think we have enough people if we get Bennett or somebody else involved to actually play it and have a good time.
1: Nice, absolutely, dude. I love playing games.
0: <laughs> yeah, Dead by Daylight, but yeah, that's the that's the concept of it. They've played it on their channel. I've watched the videos, it looks funny as hell, and I've not bought it yet because we just gotta get all to get together to play it, but that's another one that's probably gonna end up in my Steam list at some point because of them. This then, sounds pretty fun. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know if anyone's played the uh the knockoff Friday the thirteenth that came out a couple of years ago. Not great,
0: but uh it was the same
1: pretty much it was the same premise
0: except you played Jason Ford. Right. So, which is funny, because they actually got uh, Jason's character to be in Dead by Daylight as one of the no playable kidding. characters. Yeah. No Oh, and, that's awesome. And I think Freddy Krueger, too. And Ooh. I think a bunch of the 80s slasher villains, I think more or less they've got their approval or license or whatever you want to call it to be in the game. So that's what's got me intrigued about it, just playing it with a bunch of friends.
1: Speaking of the new characters, did you hear that in Fortnite they released character
0: skins for Ripley and the Xenomorph from Alien. Actually, no, I didn't hear that. I know they're always adding a new person order, but I didn't hear that.
1: Yeah, I I saw a clip uh, because Disney owns Fox, and Fox has the rights to those characters. I think that there was a deal. Pretty interesting uh, that they're bringing that kind of thing back into newer games. When I think about YouTube, I think of uh, little, little clips that I used to need to find. One of the earliest examples of me going to YouTube uh, in terms of a video game was the Pokemon
0: Mew glitch. Are you familiar with the Mew glitch? Very vaguely. I seem to remember somebody people trying to exploit it so that way they can capture Mew, but it was a whole rigmarole to do it and your chances were like one in some astronomical number, right? Is that it the extent pretty, of
1: it? It was tough. If you, uh, if you got one part of the glitch wrong you soft block it and you pretty much had to start over. Uh, you got to Cerulean City You needed to catch an Abra, that way you could teleport back to the Pokémon Center after a certain point. Before you get to Bill's house, there's a trainer in the maze that has a slowpoke. What you need to do is go up the bridge to the left, and in the patch of grass there's a trainer that you need to uh, activate the battle. uh, And then quickly go into your items, go into your Pokémon list, and have Abra teleport you back to the Pokémon Center. So after you teleport, the trainer will go, Hey, you're a Pokemon trainer. And then you'll teleport to the Pokemon Center. In the game's mechanics, there is an active battle going on because you were uh, about to enter a battle with that trainer. So it's s- constantly searching the data for what Pokemon is your, uh, are you about to battle. So by escaping that battle and going up to the trainer in the maze that has a slowpoke and defeating him, You feed the game the data. Okay, so the Pokemon with the closest number to Slowpoke is the Pokemon that you've entered a battle with. Once you defeat that Slowpoke trainer, teleport back to the Pokemon Center and go into another area of the game. It will trigger an automatic battle with Mew because Mew and Slowpoke's Pokemon number are one digit off. So by encountering a uh, Slowpoke in that kind of fog that uh, the game was in, it, it would uh, automatically create a battle for you against a Mew. Which, thanks to YouTube, I was able to do multiple times.
0: Oh, nice, because imagine writing that back in the... Remember the GameSpot uh, FAQ sections? Because back yeah. before YouTube, back before YouTube, for everybody listening, the way to know how to beat games, or... GameSpot,
1: my god. Or, uh, what was it? Cheat, uh, cheat code, Yeah, cheatcodes.com, that was another one, cheatcodes.com.
0: And, and then I think on IGN, facts, but yeah, the idea that before YouTube, before these walkthroughs, and if you were too poor to get a game guide, but even then, to get all these exploits to do, to find ways to beat the game, you had to hope that somebody played the game and wrote it out on these forums, and that was the thing. If nobody wrote it yet, or at all, you're kind of just, you're in the wind figuring out how to do this glitch, how to beat this part of the level or part of the game, or the boss fight. It's a whole thing. And, oh man, I used to do that. I used to browse on that to try and beat certain games. I mean... Yeah,
1: me too.
0: I remember getting stuck in, like, Tomb Raider on one of the levels, I didn't have the guide, and so I'm, like, reading through how to do it, and I still wasn't able to beat it because... It was a very, it's one of those things where had I had a YouTube video helping me to kind of walk me through it, that would have been a different story, but because I didn't. The game sat there unfinished and it will likely never be beat because Tomb Raider games, the early ones, were very tough, I told you. The save points are ridiculous. But even that, that's another uh, conversation of its own, right? But going back though to YouTube and just seeing that and being able to do all these things from YouTube, I thought about something else that YouTube's kind of done and has influenced not just gamers, but other medias in general. So because a lot of people are playing games or making videos and then uploading it to YouTube and getting millions of views in some cases, a lot of developers are realizing that, hey, if we can get people to play our games on YouTube and do kind of either like a sponsored poster or we just give them the game for free, maybe they can give us some good PR for the game. And in some cases, that's fine. If the game's good, the YouTuber I feel like is obligated or not obligated, but will say that, hey, this game is great. Let's go play this or you should go play this if it sucks and they say it doesn't suck well that's another controversy and that's another thing in its own right. but i've realized yeah. though oh sorry the only other thing i was going to say but i've realized that over the years it's gone from being a hey here's a free copy of our game you know maybe play it and let us know what you think to you know there's a business where you're some big person on youtube hey play our game and you know let us know what you think so now it's a whole thing on I mean, you have a whole website now. You have Twitch. I know YouTube has its own streaming thing, but Twitch exists primarily for this, for people to play these games on a website and have people kind of chatting along. And most of the time you do just see the big games like Madden or GTA, Call of Duty. But you do see other smaller games that people might come into the stream, watch and go, Hey, this looks fun. I'm going to stank myself a copy because this person played it. And hell, it even does work for AAA games. If you see somebody playing GTA on Twitch and looking like they're having a damn good time, you're going to want to get it yourself.
1: Yeah. Um, it kind of goes back to uh, the high score episode. I think it was the, one of the very first ones, either the first or the second one, where they had the, the mall guide, you know, the guy who was paid to play. Oh, it's a Netflix games.
0: series high score, just FYI.
1: What these Twitch and these YouTubers are doing are pretty much making a profession out of. Playing video games, which was similar to what that mall guide uh, dude in the documentary High Score was talking about. What I actually find pretty copacetic about YouTube and Twitch and gamers is that, as you were saying before, we had to go to GameSpot, uh, the IGM forums, and read about how to accomplish the things we were stuck in. But video games were a visual medium. So you had people reading these forms and blog spots being like, okay, take four steps north and then seven steps to the left, hit E. And it's just like, all right, well, I'm there, but the translation would have been lost because you're taking a visual medium and turning it into print.
0: Exactly. Now, that was the frustration. That's why, for example, I never was able to beat Tomb Raider because Tomb Raider is a puzzle game where you have to walk down specific corridors. You have to do certain things in a certain sequence. And describing the, all of that in a paragraph and hoping that the reader understands what you typed, may as well be trying to like understand another language. It Good really luck.
1: was, yeah. Which, thank God to YouTube and Twitch, because they were able to correct that error. Taking a visual medium and explaining it in a visual medium. You, were, you weren't losing anything in translation. When the person was watching the YouTube clip, they knew exactly where the person was in the game and said, let me get myself." That way I know where he is and then I'll look to see where they go and I'll get myself there as well. It might be tough for some people to read where your character should be and translate that into the game, but through the visual medium of YouTube and Twitch, that's just all.
0: Yes, and, and that's the cool thing about YouTube. Besides seeing a bunch of educational content and stupid videos where people do pranks, or cat videos, it's become just such an invaluable place for informational stuff. And yes, um it the same's true with uh and yes you do have that with video games, definitely, and with touch too. And you have that with other informational stuff like how do you fix this speak this model of a speaker? How do you put your RAM in a computer? How do you assemble a PC? Basically there's an informational view for anything and video games are just the evolution of that the self-help stuff but in video game form and i can tell you as a kid i would have loved something like that because i had to kind of figure it out on my own and just kind of suffer and get stuck although i will say there's a part of me every now and then when i get stuck on a level in a game and i feel guilty for looking up a youtube walkthrough because <laughs> i suffered with it as a kid and i feel like i should have to keep suffering as an adult and i shouldn't have an easy way out but i try to make sure that i've exhausted every option before going to youtube but if it gets to gets to where I spend too long, I just say, screw it, I'm going to go to YouTube. And 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 you know what? As an adult, you have an limited amount of time, so I feel like in that sense it's fair. But on the other hand, I still feel guilty for it.
1: Oh, that's the same. You know, I, I when I'm playing a game and I get stuck, I sit there and I try and limit all my options. I'm like, okay, simplify it, Tim. You're stuck. You don't like... And And the funny thing is that I'll talk myself out of doing what the game needs me to do. Like, It's like you need to go down the hallway. But I sit there at the end of the hallway going, like, all right, if I climb to the top of the building and I take out the sniper and I barricade the door at the front, um, no one can get into the building, so I can walk down that hallway really easily. So I'll spend 20 minutes doing all of the side things that I tell myself I need to do, and then I'll walk down the hallway, and it's just like, mission complete! Why? No, I I thought it was more difficult.
0: Or you just you psych yourself out thinking that's more <laughs> difficult than it actually is. Yeah. I remember there was this mission in GTA 3 where you had to escort Tony to the airport. You took him in your car and you had to go to the airport, but the, the bridge on the way was full of uh, all these uh, gunners that would just shoot you the second you got there. So I remember thinking that, oh, this is really difficult. The only way I could beat this is if I got this one car that was completely bulletproof and I happen to have that because I did it one of those exploits where if you, there was a race where if you could direct the race car, the AI into your garage and close the garage, you would get that car and it'd be bulletproof in GTA 3.
1: I remember that.
0: Yeah. And so I did that and I just happened to have that car and I'm thinking like, oh man, this mission was really hard, but thank God I have this bulletproof car and I could just drive Tony to the airport and I did when in reality it was probably just hop up, you know, a little bit before the bridge. Take out your sniper rifle, take them out. But again, I overcomplicated it. And honestly, had I just seen a YouTube video or some other video guy to show me that it wasn't that hard, I probably would have just beat it in no time. But it's okay because it was kind of funny the idea that, hop in my bulletproof car, I'm gonna get you to the airport in one piece.
1: I mean, you. I mean, you were certainly delivering Tony in style. If I remember correctly, it was the Mafia Sentinel.
0: It was. Oh, I forget what it was called. But... Oh, no, it wasn't the Sentinel. It was a. Uh, it was like GTA's version of a Lamborghini. Um, I don't, because I don't remember the GTA name of it, because they always have different names for their cars, but it was like a Lambo but GTA Lambo.
1: I do remember the Lambo.
0: It was, maybe it was the Inferno. Uh, oh,
1: something like that. Inferno, Inferno. It was a real, it was one of the fastest cars.
0: Right. I can't remember, but in any case. But yeah, going back to YouTube, one other thing I do want to call it to YouTube before we wrap up. One of them being all the games that I definitely purchased because of seeing somebody on youtube or twitch or or hell even instagram or tiktok or some social media because again the influence is it used to just maybe be youtube for video games but now it's grown there are other places to see clips i mean oh yeah twitter too because twitter also has videos i personally was influencing among us playthroughs i saw people playing among us and i had to go play among us because it looked fun another one was the golf it game both golfing and golf with your friends fun mini-golf games, and then the one I mentioned in the last episode was Thief Simulator because I saw the Let's Play guys on YouTube playing Thief Simulator, and they did the playthrough, it looked fun. Hey, you're running and stealing people's shit, and they got caught by the police. That looks fun. I need to play that. A couple of the games that I was influenced
1: through YouTube was uh, Surgeon Simulator.
0: Oh, was, classic.
1: It's a, Yeah, that's really tough. What really oh, yes. Fru-
0: what's really frustrating
1: about Surgeon Simulator is that the game is intentionally difficult even with your VR controls. You know, your hand shake, the, the hands can't rotate fully. You kind of have to grab a knife or a drill and have to operate it at the angles at which those hands are. And it's just like, well, on a PC, that's gonna just be terrible.
0: Oh, you need um, open art surgery? Well, this is as good know, as it's gonna get.
1: I'm your doctor and I'm
0: on LSD. <laughs> dum,
1: dum, dum, dum. <laughs> But Surgeon Simulator is fun because it's frustrating, so I certainly enjoyed it for that. A couple of others are Golf It, just like yourself. It's a really fun, simple golf game, but you can customize levels and all of that. Barn Finders, I found through uh, Let's Play, or Let's Game. Uh, He's a YouTuber who pushes games to their limits. Trying to break them and barn finders is just this kind of what I like to describe as a, a, a find hide and seek game where you just you go through a level you find things that you want to sell some things are rarer and more valuable and some things aren't but you just collect them for resources so that you can craft them into something else uh, it's really fun and you know simple uh, it's also really not violent so if you're not looking for a violent video game these sort of games appeal to you as well. And, you know, the final one, uh, honestly, is House Party. Uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about House Party through just uh, the YouTube channels and uh, the playthroughs and all of that. Just being curious about it on my own. It seems like a pretty fun game that's for more, you know, adult time. Oh, yes. But, (laughs) But there's also, you know, a sense of humor to it as well that... I think that people kind of need to lighten up about, you know, having someone play it to show you how bad or how good it is, is a great way to understand what you might be getting yourself. And although I don't support specific YouTubers being paid directly by a company because, as we mentioned earlier, when those type of marketing uh, plans occur, the YouTubers are paid to discuss the game. So. They are obligated to say, oh, it's a lot of fun. But with that in mind, the flip side of that coin is people feel easier about buying something when someone they trust tells them it's okay. That it is fun. It is easier to buy something when a salesman or your friend come up to you and say, Have you heard of this game? It's this really fun game. Let's sit down let me show you a little bit about it. I think we'll have fun together. When oh, a salesman, yeah. that's what, you know, salesmen do, is make it more comfortable for you to purchase it. They're there to let your guard down.
0: And that's definitely the last thing I wanted to cover with you. The whole idea of you watching somebody that you enjoy on YouTube, that you trust, so you feel that the game that they're recommending or playing is something that you can enjoy as a result. in. personally for me, as an, another reason that I might look up a gameplay video on YouTube or Twitch maybe, I use it to see if it's a game that I would enjoy since game trailers tend to present cutscenes or the most aesthetically pleasing gameplay in their trailers so in other words you're getting the best of the best scenes in the trailer or you're getting something that's not really accurate because oftentimes trailers and video games all they do is just show you a cutscene of it it's like okay this is cool but what's the gameplay like because I'm not watching a movie I'm playing a game so I need to know hey is this any good so because sometimes the other thing i try to get better about is... Oftentimes, when they release games at E3 or release footage... They do something called bullshotting. Bullshotting is where you show a beautiful cutscene of the game... And beautiful looking gameplay that's graphically better than what's actually released. So, in other words, it's a misleading product. And sometimes when they do that, it's not so bad... Because maybe the gameplay is just as good as it was advertised. But other times, it's, you know, just straight up misleading. Two examples like, that come to mind are Watch Dogs... And the more notorious one that was released recently, Cyberpunk.
1: I was thinking No Man's Sky. I'm still upset. Oh, No Man's Sky how... is
0: another big one. Sorry.
1: Yeah. I mean, no, I, I completely agree with uh, the other two that you mentioned, Watchdog and certainly Cyberpunk 20, uh, 2027. 2047? 2077. 77. I don't know what time it is in that game. No one does. <laughs> but, yeah, I remember seeing the promos for No Man's Sky and thinking... Jesus, this looks amazing. Look at all those dinosaurs and uh, all the spaceships that should be able to helm and an entire infinite galaxy of planets and stars. But, man. What a letdown.
0: Yeah. When the real game
1: came out, that was not what we had.
0: I mean, it was just a mining simulator. It was... If you took GTA and you took Minecraft, and but just kind of strip it down to bare bones mining simulator, because, okay, GTA is not a fair description, but the idea that you can take your ship and go wherever you want, that's true, but then when you go to each world, it's kind of bare bones and kind of the same. It's like, yes, this world has poisonous gas where you can't stay here for long. This world's gravity is bigger, but it's the same thing. You go, you mine resources, you go onto to the yeah. next planet. That's it. <laughs>
1: yeah. and what was terrible was that You got, you did get to a point where your exploration needed to advance, but you needed specific resources to do that. And if you just shit out of luck, were flopped in somewhere in this galaxy that didn't have those resources, you could not advance. They've revamped it. I've seen that there's a new trailer for like, the shit that they promised years ago, and they're you know, been Hello Games has been really communicative with its fans and promised updates and patches. It's done all of those things. But it was really frustrating. I got to a certain point where I, you know, lost my home planet. I couldn't go back to where I called home in the game. And I was stuck in this area where I couldn't escape because the planets around me required a specific type of hard drive. And I couldn't assemble the hard drive with the resources on the planets surrounding me. It was like, well, where do I go from here?
0: And that's where these YouTubers and other influencers come in. They show you on release day or a couple days after, here's the gameplay, here's how the game actually is. And they'll just tell you that, hey, this game is fun. Or they'll tell you that, hey, this game has a lot of bugs, issues, and it was kind of misleading. And at the end of the day, I'm very glad to use YouTube as a resource for if you're stuck in a game, what game to buy next, or to see simply what game that your favorite YouTubers are playing and if it's something that you'll want to play. Or just simply, if it's a game that is entertaining for them to watch. Like, I love watching the Let's Play guys go play this uh, game called Gmod, where it's called, it's a game mode called Trouble in Terrorist Town, where it's basically you try and figure out who the traitor is among you, but everybody yeah. has different abilities. And it's funny because you have people saying, like, oh, you're acting sus. So, wait, what was so and so doing over here? And even though they're just exploring the level and they just got to kill him anyway just to be safe. It's basically it's a murder mystery type game. With shenanigans galore. It's hysterical.
1: That certainly sounds entertaining. Not only to play, but to watch as well. And as I mentioned briefly in our last episode, I really feel like these content creators on YouTube are ahead of the curve when it comes to the media revolution of the new era. Movie theaters are up in the air. We don't know how successful they will be after the reopening, considering that a lot of mainstream film companies have turned to their streaming services and platforms. With the lack of cooperation between producers, actors, and directors, a lot of filmmakers are turning to CGI performances which require really nobody, which is a video game in my sense. You build the character ground up from computer-generated imagery which, which content creators have sort of a monopoly on. Filmmakers still need actors because actors sell movies but when it comes down to it, a video game creator can control 100% of their environment, guaranteeing them the actor will stand exactly there, the lighting will be exactly there, and what these content creators on YouTube and Twitch are doing is making a business out of it. They're commentating on the game. We're soon gonna have eSports, and those eSports are going to need commentators. Well, Let's go through YouTube and see who's the most popular e and commentator of video games. They will become the Joe Bucks of the future sports era. You know what I'm saying? Oh, exactly. They're, that they're, they're revolutionary, th- that
0: they're starting with
1: this now.
0: Yes. Those will those will be the preferred people, and it's all because they were doing something that everybody else told them was dumb or stupid. Well, as we said with other esports and other episodes, like Who's Laughing Now? They're the ones making money to the bank on this. So I say good for them.
1: I do too. And I really hope that our listeners continue to support the YouTube and the Twitch uh, with their favorite streamers and their favorite content creators. I think that what we're going to do is essentially absorb the industry that we are isolating ourselves apart. Of. We will just become the new film company, essentially. So, where the where the talent, we're the creators, the producers, and the directors of the
0: future. Yep, there's definitely a new industry brewing, or at least a, a change to the current one. But I will leave. But I do want to leave everybody with one last thought, and then we'll wrap up. A long time ago in the past, the caveman days, there would be these leaders, these people that would be the experts on say hunting, gathering, and the community looked up to them because they were the experts. And so, because they were the experts, you can get all your information funneled from them because since they did it and since they had this information they could share it with everybody else it was a filtering of information in a kind of a tangentially related way i would say that in some sense you can kind of consider like gamer youtube's that for video games and that sometimes you're overwhelmed with the whole choice of games on the steam platform because there are so many games that if you don't know what to play or you don't have a specific genre that you're interested in it can be kind of overwhelming to figure out what you should play or get started with. So these YouTubers are kind of like those people in the sense that they're funnels. They they go through the games and figure out that, hey, these ones are pretty good. It might be worth your time if you like X genre. Or they kind of suck, don't bother. That's all I wanted to kind of leave everyone with there.
1: Yeah, we have different ways of learning uh, about the things that we're interested in. And it's
0: a great time to be alive. Oh yes, very much a lot of good content out there in all the mediums. And speaking of which, we want to thank you for listening to this medium. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Pinpoint Players and if you like what we have here, please give us a 5 stars in Apple Podcasts. It greatly helps us with outreach and it helps us get new listeners just like you guys.
1: Make sure that you follow along with us on Spotify so that you can stay tuned to every episode that we have available. You can reach us on Instagram, comment on our post and then let us know what your favorite game is at Pinpoint Players. You can reach us at Pinpointplayers at gmail.com. Let us know how we're doing.
0: And if you're listening to us on YouTube, leave a comment down below. Like and subscribe because all the full episodes there. And we'll be posting a lot of extra content that you won't find anywhere else. So definitely subscribe to us there. And with that, thank you all for listening. And we'll see you for the next one. Take it easy, Pinpoint Players.